This episode of the 3D Insights podcast is brought to you by SEMI, the leading microelectronics industry association with programs that help its members grow their business and address top challenges worldwide. With a global focus on advocacy, the microelectronics supply chain, sustainability, and workforce development, SEMI works with industry leaders to align goals, share best practices, and accelerate progress. Learn more at SEMI.org. there. I'm Francoise Von Trapp, and this is the 3D Insights Podcast. So this week, we are at SEMI's Industry Strategy Symposium, or ISS, where the industry leaders gather every year to set goals for the semiconductor industry. You know, in 2009, when I was still working at Advanced Packaging Magazine, we published our January issue with a concept cover that stated, Advanced Packaging Saves the World. Now, that was the last issue of that magazine because the publisher decided that there was more money to be made with solid-state technology, so closed advanced packaging. If you've been paying attention, you know that that was a very short-sighted decision. So I bring this up because Jean-Christophe Eloy of Yol Group delivered a presentation at ISS titled How Advanced Packaging and Chiplets Will Rule the World. And he's here to talk about that with me today. So welcome to the podcast, JC. And thank you for the invitation. Glad to have you here. I can't believe this is the first time we've been on the podcast together. <laughs> exactly, yes. And it's a great subject. I think so, yeah. Um, it's really exciting for both of us, because this is what we've been following for so long, you know, and with the 3D integration technologies. And I think that having been on board all of this time, it feels really good to see that we were right to invest in those areas, don't you think? No, yeah. And it's, um, it's this chiplet evolution is really a key indication that uh, scaling and integration came from front end, of course, but packaging but also substrate. And it's really the, the perfect example of these trends where not only the front-end manufacturing, but the packaging and the substrate integration helps to have much more functionalities for um, uh, a type of device you are, you are willing to, uh, to deliver to the market. Okay. Before we get too much further, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your group? Yes, so um, I'm the founder and the, the CEO of your group, and your group is a is a both market research strategy consulting company, and we are also de deeply involved in teardowns, uh, reverse engineering, reverse costing. So we are really both legs, uh, delivering to a customer understanding of the market trends, but taking into account technology evolution, supply chain evolution to really understand what could happen in this industry for the for the next years. Okay, and you know, so let's go back to your topic of your presentation, how advanced packaging and chiplets will rule the world. Now, this is a pretty bold statement. So what makes you say this? Well, the, the um, what happens, chiplets are in fact in, in the industry and on the market since 10 years, something like that, but it was more confidential applications. And chiplet is really the ability to have partitioning of a device, so of a digital device, in order to have a big SOC, to have multiple uh, smaller devices that are optimized in terms of cost and node you are using, and put that together in a packaging to deliver a function. And it could be um, disaggregation of mm -hmm. SOC, but also duplication. So typically, Apple, the M1 Ultra, has been, uh, they, what they have done, they have put together the same chip, so two chips similar in a package to have more power capabilities in terms of a microprocessor. 
Okay. So how is this different? You know, I hear a lot of, oh, chiplets is just another word for multi-chip modules. It's just another word for SIP, but really it is different. No, yeah, because multi-chip module is really putting different type of chips together in a function, in a system in package. Mm -hmm. And it's in uh, all on the market since more than 20 years. So mm -hmm. it's something that has been long there. But it's uh, it's uh, just a matter of being able to have more compact solution and delivering multiple functionalities in the same package. Um, um, chiplet is really totally different. Chiplet is only dedicated to digital devices, mm -hmm. so processors and memory. And the idea is to be able to have a solution of instead moving to a bigger system on, on a chip, a bigger SOC, to be able to design the same function, but having multiple devices that are making part of the functions and uh, with interconnection between the devices. So instead of having an SOC, which is done on a leading edge node um, in terms of manufacturing, you are using the leading edge node only for the functions that are well right. needed. Okay. And all the other parts of the device is processed for other nodes. And then you assemble that into a, a package, which is generally more um, based on advanced substrate with interconnection co that could be true second vias, hybrid bonding, and so on and so on. So system in package is more different devices that are put in a package and, and you deliver that to your customer. Here, it's really how you can make something that is a very advanced system on a chip, but optimizing the different nodes in order really to use the process where they are needed and then be able to integrate that, not with wire bonding, but with more advanced integration linked to advanced packaging. Okay, so for instance, you said that a chiplet is really only applies to logic and memory. Yes, exactly. Okay, that I had not heard before. So that makes sense. Um, because with a SIP, it could be... It could, RF, be a mem it could be RF, RF, it could be a MEMS, MEMS device. It could be opto, could be uh, lasers, could be and so on, and optics, and so on, and so on. Here we are talking about digital device, processors and memories only. So no analog? No analog. You can have a chiplet combined with specialty devices, and then it becomes a SIP. Exactly. But part of it is chiplet integration. Exactly, yes. Okay. okay. And all, all the, all the idea behind that is that instead of having devices that are, um, well, connected through wire bonding, mm -hmm. the objective is to be able to have the connections really very close one device to the other, one die to the other using hybrid bonding in order to have very fast flow of information in order to be able to have very high performance in terms of digital performance. So flow of data between memory and the, the, the processors, be able to have very fast calculation capabilities in the processor itself, and so on and so on. So uh, the interconnection is extremely important in order to be able to allow that kind of very high bandwidth um, discussion between the memory and the logic device. And in the same way, within the different logic functions, to be able to have very high performance computing. Mm -hmm. And it's totally different compared to system in a package because system in package, you, you don't need that kind of very high interconnection capabilities. You need devices to be interconnected, but it's not a, a big deal right. in terms of the bandwidth. Here, the bandwidth is super important. So some of the technologies that have enabled this would be hybrid bonding um, and other... You, you also talked about advanced substrates. No, no exactly, because uh, in order to be able to have the performance of 
such devices, you need to have both very strong uh, so um, hybrid connection between the different devices. So it's hybrid bonding could be chip to chip, chip to wafer, wafer to wafer. And in addition to that, you need to have very um, robust in uh, substrate, enabling the interconnection between Memories, for example, that are outside of the of the, the logic devices using HBM, for example, mm -hmm. and it needs to to support that kind of flow information, the bandwidth, but also be able to be uh, rigid in, in, well, enough in order to have quite big modules because we are talking about really very large module. It's not a very small devices. It's quite large module. So it has to be rigid. It has to be to allow that kind of bandwidth uh, uh, interaction between the memory and the logic die and so on and so on. So you need very specific substrates to do that. And this is all the advanced substrates, the, 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 um, the, the technology that has been developed in the last five years, uh, which are totally different compared to PCB in order to allow this high bandwidth interconnection between memory and with, uh, with, with logic die. How many suppliers do we have of these kind of substrates? More than $10 billion has been invested in the last three years to support the growth of that. So it's ATNS, this is Shinko, this is Ibiden, this is Unimicron okay. for the non-Chinese suppliers. And then you have well, 15 other suppliers in China that have invested. But the main uh, market shares and the main players are really so Unimicron in Taiwan, Ibiden, Shinko in, uh, in Japan, and ATNS, which is the leader. Okay, great. So I've been comparing this with the adoption of through Silicon Via's 3D technologies, which took a lot longer than we ever anticipated because other things that cost less kept coming along to provide the required performance. So, um, and we're hearing a lot of the same challenges and questions around chiplet adoption that we used to hear around TSVs and the early days of 3D ICs. For instance, who will own the IP? How do we test them? Um, do you think that it's going to take as long to adopt chiplets as it has been to adopt the 3D IC technologies? Well, I think the, the market is different. Um, for chiplets, we are really talking about few companies that are moving in production and that are already in production. We are talking about AMD, Intel, but also Tesla. Um, few, well, there is really a handful of companies that are moving into volume production for two reasons. First, you need to have access to uh, leading edge manufacturing capabilities and it's TSMC and Intel that are able to manufacture that kind of devices. No other companies is doing that. Samsung is not there at the mm -hmm. moment. Um, and then you need to have access to advanced packaging capabilities. Mm -hmm. And again, only TSMC and Intel are delivering that kind of services at the moment using front-end manufacturing to do advanced packaging. Mm -hmm. And third, you need to get access to the substrate, this advanced substrate. And all the extension of capabilities that have, be, that have been put in place in the last three years have been funded by Intel, AMD, mm -hmm. NVIDIA, all of that for their own use. So it's not an open market, this, this business. Right. It's yeah. really few companies that are involved in the server business, in the high-performance computing, which is... Intel, NVIDIA, AMD, and few others that are, that have put in place a supply chain in order to be able to use the chiplet for the need of their server customers or high performance computing customer. So the application is clearly identified. Server, high performance computing. Server, this is really to implement all the generative AI uh, capabilities and support increase of the, the processing capabilities in, in, in servers. And also automotive, you mentioned Tesla. So obviously for the central compute of, of, um, 
the electric vehicles. Yes, it's it's mainly for the central so computing for the ADAS and for the autonomous uh, driving. It's really not linked to electric vehicles. It's more linked to autonomous driving. Okay. Because okay. The, the the brain that you need in the car for autonomous driving is really really closer to high performance computing compared to a laptop, and and this is this part that needs to be totally optimized. And where Tesla is is moving in order to have very customized chip and uh, customized for the need and for the, the autonomous functionalities they are implementing in their cars. Okay. And then to democratize, for lack of a better word, I guess, the chiplet technologies, they're looking at different standard um, interfaces. So the yes. uni universal chiplet in interconnect express, I know the U S government is had some workshops recently on that. Um, and Intel has adopted the UCIE. So that will be interesting to see where a standard interface will take us with further adoption where third party Chips exactly. Can be yeah. But so step by step, third parties will be involved. Mm -hmm. Very clear. But it's not the way the market has started. In right. Fact. Okay. And this is really just the start of it. Um, and well, as I was mentioning, the, uh, the the processing part is key, but the memory part is key. So interface between them, of course, but also integration of memory. You need to have uh, HBM memory in order to have very well compact memory modules with very high level of memory in order to be able to support this this computing power that is extremely strong. And this is really, the, these two application servers and high performance computing that are today market for mm -hmm. this chiplet and step by step is diffusing to other applications. So as I was mentioning, there is clearly uh, so automotive. Uh, for the future of laptop, it's also um, scheduled to have such product introduction, but today it's really server and high performance okay. computing that are the driver of the adoption of chiplet. Okay. And one of the things you said uh, about the economics of chiplets was that they both add cost, but they also reduce cost. So what did you mean by that? So you are adding cost because uh, by making the partitioning of the silicon, you have more silicon surface to be integrated. And in addition to that, you have the cost of the packaging of the substrate that is added to the cost structure. But you are also saving cost because you are not using the most leading edge nodes for all the device. You are just using the leading edge nodes for what you need. Okay. Mm -hmm. And all the other parts of the, the device are manufactured with lower nodes, which means lower Cost, mm -hmm. better yield because the device is much smaller. And as you are using um, more past technologies, in the same way, the yield is better than the, the lineage. The, the way you can decide to move to chiplet or not is really based on the size of your device. If you have a very large device, at one point, it could be much more cost effective to partition it mm -hmm. so that you are focusing the, the, the leading edge technology on what is the heart of the processing and all the other parts to be able to, to use more legacy technologies and then to assemble them and, and, and deliver the product. Okay. So there is really a rule of thumb where... Uh, Below certain surface, well, of silicon, it's not useful because it's too expensive. And above that, it could be really effective in terms of uh, cost saving using chiplet. And not talking about performances, just uh, talking about cost. So at the end of the day, the system level cost may be lower. Yes, exactly. Okay. This is really the point. Right. Okay. At the same level of performance. Right. Like exactly. Always. Exactly. Um, and that's another thing that, you know, because that's always been the, uh, issue with, for instance, 3D ICs was, was, it was too expensive. It was, it, and not looking at just the packaging side of things, it was too expensive, but not looking at the whole system, system. level. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So. And, and TSV really came to the market with very large adoption with CMOS image sensors mm -hmm. long, long mm -hmm. time ago. And mm -hmm. Sony has been the first one to deliver that because they were 
saving, in fact, uh, cost at the integration level, right. not at the silicon level. And it right. was it was key on TSP integration. And this is exactly what is happening here. You are you accept to have extra cost because you are saving cost at the module level. Right. Okay. Great. Um, my last question for you today uh, kind of applies to the whole ISS theme um, with the question mark at the end, ready, set, ramp with the question mark, and the goal of achieving a trillion dollars by 2030. What's your take on that? Well, uh, I don't know if, if it's a goal or if it's a magic number. Um, I think one trillion dollar 2030 means that the industry will, will double in terms of size in the next six years. Uh, that there is a growing market, growing adoption of multi-type of, of devices from processors, memories, but also sensors, power devices everywhere. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's a goal because there is other challenges the industry has to sustain. Having one trillion dollar business in semiconductor means that you need to measure the impact on the uh, environment, mm -hmm. uh, the use of uh, rare materials, for example, uh, the, the use of uh, well chemical gases in addition to what we are doing at the moment is, is really a big could have a big impact, a big impact on the environment. So, I think it's uh, it's just a number to to highlight the fact that the industry is growing, mm -hmm. but semiconductor business has never had issue in terms of growth. The issue have always been linked to how can you make it sustainable, and I think it's really actual at the moment. Okay. I agree. I think that that's what we should be our focus. And if it takes us longer to get there so that we can do it sustainably, so be it. Exactly. But the good news is that we're growing. Exactly. Right. No, no, no problem on that. Okay. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. My next guest is Jan Vardaman of TechSearch International. Jan is also a member of our technical advisory board at 3D Insights. Welcome to the podcast, Jan. Thanks. So you just gave a presentation on enabling power efficiency, scaling, and economics with chiplets. So we heard yesterday that one of the speed bumps on the road to a trillion dollars is energy and that ICT energy requirements are outpacing world energy production and that requirements are increasing at a 24% CAGR, according to Gartner. So power efficiency for next generation devices is critical. How do chiplets improve power efficiency? Well, if you look at the approach that some people have taken, such as AMD, um, they've used their vCache to provide improved power efficiency in their designs. And I believe that they use TSMC's SOIC process. And by putting things together with no bump in between, you've seen a dramatic improvement as they've measured it in power efficiency. So it's a different approach to designing a chip that's giving us an improvement in power efficiency. You could really argue that it's silicon design. Right. And so it's, it's a matter of using a different design approach than we've done typically with a monolithic design approach. Okay. And so I think that that's what is being demonstrated today. And I think you're certainly going to see that with other people as they bring forth their new designs. AMD presented its portfolio and they started with 2.5D integration, 3DIC, and then into chiplet design. So they've been 
kind of going the advanced packaging route for a long well, they time. Well, use a combination of things. Right. I mean, what they've done is they, they've demonstrated that they can use many different package platforms. Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing they did was they used basically a, an organic build-up substrate with dye on it in their chiplet design. But then they went to their their V-cash. Um, in some cases, the V-cash, uh, where the dye are connected with hybrid bonding, they use a fan-out structure, which is then attached to mm-hmm. a substrate, a build-up substrate. And in some cases, like their MI300, they use a silicon interposer. In that case, they're using a, a logic-on-logic stacking. And that's then also put on a laminate substrate. But there are many different packages, and in any of those packaged configurations, they have used this new way of designing, mm-hmm. and they've demonstrated that there's been an improvement in the efficiency. From a power efficiency perspective, is there an advantage to the disaggregation, or is it just the, the integration methods that are reducing the power needs. A lot of it has to do with your design and where your certies are right, okay. and things like that. Because you were talking about hybrid bonding being more power efficient than bumps. as demonstrated by TSMC. But because if you look, there's no bump. There's no there's the that's pad to pad connection, shorter connection. So there's less distance. So it's really the travel. hybrid bonding that's the power advantage, or the yeah the that's power, a huge power right. advantage. Okay. Yes, and obviously without hybrid bonding, you couldn't do chiplets. No, you can do chiplets without hybrid bonding. Okay. You can do chiplets in a side-by-side configuration. Right. You can do chiplets in a 3D configuration. You can do chiplets in many different configurations. Some of your greatest power efficiency advantages come from the use of hybrid bonding in a 3D structure. Okay. So 3D hybrid bonded chiplets are like the power, the biggest power. The advantage. holy grail. The holy grail. Okay. Well, thanks so much for joining me today. I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. It's time to get ready for the 2024 IMAPS Device Packaging Conference. Don't miss our next episode when we speak to IMAPS DPC General Chair Scott Hayes and General Chair-elect Amy Lujan about the great lineup that's in store for you this year. There's lots more to come, so tune in next time to the 3D Insights Podcast. The 3D Insights Podcast is a production of 3D Insights, LLC.